We want to welcome everyone here today to this Agape Christian Fellowship meeting. The Lord has sent me with a message for you, a message about removing charges in the courts of heaven. This will be part of the Courts of Heaven Academy. We thank you, Holy Spirit, our counselor, our teacher, our guide, for bringing the truth of God's word forward in this meeting for letting it take root in the fertile grounds of the hearts of those who are here today. Now in the courts of heaven, in the courts of heaven academy, you have learned so far how and when to enter the courts of heaven to receive charges. And you understand that the charges the enemy has against you is so that he can attack you. He can attack your finances, your kids, your health, your emotions, your mind, you understand these things so far, so I'm not going to go into those scriptures and that teaching. You already know that when you, you're going to hear words of accusation from the enemy through your counselor, the Holy Spirit. Now, when you receive these charges, you must understand them. There is no, when you go to the courts of heaven, you're saying, I am a mature Christian who knows God's ways. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to turn from the sin. So you must know what that sin is. And here we see this in Job, verse 33, 23 through 24. It, this is the uh, Lehu who is speaking rightly to Job after all the other people had spoken wrong. So God said that this this person spoke right. He said, if there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand to show a man his uprightness, then he, God, is gracious to him and deliver him from going down into the pit. I have found this ransom. So what we see here is that in once you're under an attack, an assault by the enemy, Sometimes it takes an interpreter, somebody who God uses to show you where the error is so you can be removed from that. So you can be rightly aligned with God and the charges will be removed. It does take effort to search out the interpretation for those charges. We must be willing to understand what is against us so that God can deliver us from the destruction of the enemy. Now we see this in the New Testament as well. I know many of you are probably saying, oh, that's the Old Testament. Well, let's see what it says in the New. James um, 5.16 in the American King James Version says, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, does this say, oh, find your faults secretly and do it all yourself? No. God is very clear. He's saying to confess it to one another. The Greek word, exomo, oh, I'm trying, Holy Spirit, you got to help me. Exomology means to profess that one will do something, to promise, to agree, to engage with. So we must openly acknowledge our sins with one another. We have to agree about what is that sin. Then we have to promise to remove it from our lives. 
How can this be done if we don't understand what the charges are? Now, if you do happen to go into the courts with our prayer team at Agape Christian Fellowship, you may receive charges in the courts of heaven. And interpretation is always needed. This is so that you can fully understand exactly when and where you are coming into this sin in order that you can acknowledge it before God when you return to him as judge. You will need to speak to somebody who has a gift of interpretation. This allows you to fulfill the directions of the New Testament to confess our sins to one another before you re return to the courts. Now, just recently, just last week, I had somebody in the courts of heaven. This was like her third visit. She had been a couple other times, but she always took her words home with her and then just came to removing charges. She never did the interpreting charges. And so I asked her, what, you know, did it help? Did interpreting charges, was it different when you came back to the charges with the charges to the courts after having them interpreted? And she said, yeah, that, you know, the individual words, sure, you could know what they mean and you could kind of see, yeah, I've probably been guilty of that. But by going to interpreting charges, it lays out everything that's said like a story. It creates a story of your life. And so you know when you trespassed and how not to do it again. In most cases, if you have the gift of interpretation, you will need to discuss this with another Christian to receive revelation of how they apply. I have to go to someone and speak about the charges I receive in order to get full revelation. Sometimes, if it's a, a situation where you can't, where you can't connect to them, then the Holy Spirit will bring it to you. But usually he will have you go to someone else and just by speaking about it, then the Holy Spirit will start to flow and you will receive understanding. And this again is backed up in the New Testament with a second verse, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, the Greek word homologio is translated confess. And this is a slightly different. You see how that's different from the other word? It, it starts with an H instead of an E. And so homologio has a different context. It means a lot more than just to confess and, and say that you're wrong to someone else. This actually means to see it the way the other person does. In order, and that other person is God. We know that he's always right. And we must learn why, why we're wrong, where we have erred. So we have to fully agree and see it the way God does. How can we do that if we don't know what it means, if we don't have an interpretation? When we confess Jesus as Lord, we are seeing him as our master and we are his servants. When we learn that we're not acting according to God's ways, we also confess and we confess and we see it. We turn our ways, turn from our ways and turn to what God says is right. We must see that sin the way God does. This is what allows that sin to be blotted out. See, it says up here, we'll be cleansed from all unrighteousness. That's the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. But first we have to confess.
when you re-enter the courts to remove charges, now that you've had the interpretation, you understand what they mean, you know why, what's expected of you. Now, when you come back to the courts of heaven and go before the judge again, it's about appropriating what the Lord has done by the shedding of his blood. Gosh, I'll tell you what, I love these appointments. They usually are so filled with God's power and anointing. It's just a beautiful time before God. So Romans 6.14 is often quoted about our blood, about our lack or, or, or not, sorry, not about the blood, about the law and about being under grace and the lack of need to understand what's against us. So let's take a look at Romans 6, 14. It says, for, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So many people see this verse, and it's been quoted in many times in many places, to say, oh, you're not under the law. Why do you have to go before the judge? Your sin can't affect you. Your sin has no consequences. We're under grace. Well, let's take a closer look at this verse, because I've taken out of context, it seems to say we don't have to worry about our sin. But if we take a look at what is said before this, if we just put it in a little bit of context, it completely changes what's being said. Romans 6, 11 through 13, it says, reckon, uh, likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. You see, if he's saying let not sin reign, that means that sin can still reign in your mortal bodies when you're a Christian. So let it not reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. In other words, don't let sin rule over you don't you walk in the way of sin it says neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but yield yourself to god as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to god it's clear that we have a choice to make we can, as a Christian, we can continue to sin. We can continue to do wrong. But it says, don't do that. <laughs> it says, instead, yield yourself to God and righteousness. So we must consider, meaning that's what reckon means. We must consider that now when we come to Jesus, we should be dead. In other words, sin should be leaving our life. We're, we should no longer be practicing it. But instead... We live according to our Lord and his ways. What Paul was saying here is that we can take authority over the sin in our lives and we can stop sinning by yielding ourselves to God to be used by him instead. You see, up until this time, there were generational curses that would come in and you just couldn't help to sin. Remember, um, if you've been through the academy, we clearly outline generational curses, how they affect you, why, all the scriptures. But I will let you know here today that, you know, alcoholism, they call it a sickness and a disease, and we know it runs in families. That's a generational curse. We've had people come free of addiction to cigarettes, to all kinds of things by coming 
in alignment with God. And that's what it takes. You can break those generational curses that are pushing on you to do the sin all the time, but you still have a choice. That's what it's saying here. It's saying, now you have a choice. Now you can, you can sin or you can choose not to. That is what this is saying in Romans 6.11. So just because we break a generational curse doesn't mean you won't be tempted. It doesn't mean your flesh might not still want it for a while. But you've got to crucify that flesh and become a member or an instrument of righteousness for God. You have to say, no, that is not according to God's ways. I'm going to put that down. It's your choice. And God expects you to make that choice. Once you find out in the courts of heaven what sin is allowing the enemy to attack you, you must be willing to stop. That's what brings breakthrough in the courts of heaven. This, the courts of heaven is not a special way to pray, speaking special magical words that will immediately remove the enemy from our lives. No, that's not what the courts of heaven are about. The courts of heaven are where you find out what sin is letting the enemy torture you, attack you, bring financial ruin, attack your kids. It's the place where we find out where we've gone wrong. So we can fix it. We can stop doing it through the blood of Jesus. It's only through his blood that those generational curses can be paid for, can be blotted out from all records under heaven and earth. But we have to find out what sin we are doing, which allows that to stay attached to us. Why are we still under that curse? Remember, the enemy is always watching us. He's got little minions, little baby demons out running around. If we go back to the sin, then those demons are ready to jump on us once more. They will attack you. This is why 95% of all those who are healed in the big tent healing crusades way back when, 95% of them lost their healing because they, they continued on in their sin and God gave them grace for a little while and gave them grace to learn his ways. But when they didn't, when they didn't learn God's ways and turn from that sin, it came upon them again. We must be strong enough to remove sin, which gives Satan access to us. We're gonna talk about that next. Now, we're going to talk about the prayer to enter the courts of heaven. Remember, this should only be done if you're a mature Christian stating, Father, I know your ways. I am ready to be fully responsible. I can hear from my counselor. I can um, receive from the advocate Jesus. I know what I'm doing. When you're at that point, it's time to go to the courts of heaven for yourself. And I'm going to show you how. Until you reach that point, until you can clearly hear and be led by the Holy Spirit, be sheltered at the throne of grace. That's the beginning of the academy. You get to be sheltered in a time of protection until you're ready to enter the courts on your own. So as I said, removing charges is an event where miracles often take place. If we will, be, if we will listen and be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. 
It's only through the counselor. It's only through our advocate, Jesus, that miracles take place. We have to hear from him. We have to receive and do what is being said. During the visit to the courts of heaven, everything must be dependent upon the Holy Spirit, our counselor. We must be willing and able, ready to respond to his leading. At Agape, you may be led to the courts by a guide if you fail to get freedom um, along the way. And this guide, and if the Lord allows it, we always ask the Lord, hey, are, are, is this person ready to go into the courts or do you want charges outside the courts? So if you are led by the court, by, by a guide, an earthly guide into the courts of heaven, they will be listening and responding to what they see and hear. That way, by, by removing any legal access, any legal blockage, then you can make great strides towards your destiny. And the whole purpose of this is to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Let's begin talking about how to enter the courts by going to a really great scripture, Psalm 104 or 100 verse 4. This again is in the American King James Version. It says, enter into his, his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Most of us know this as a song that is very commonly saying about entering into God's presence. Well, God in God's presence is where the courts are. So your prayer to enter into the court should always begin with a thankful heart, thankful for what the Lord Jesus has done, giving praise to God for all that he's, he's brought into your life. And we must state our intentions in faith. Why are you approaching the throne of God? Why? Are you approaching him and acknowledging him as our judge? Philippians 3.20 in the American uh, Amplified, or the, sorry, the Amplified Classic Version says, but we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. You must know that you are a citizen of heaven, a child of the Most High, adopted in through Jesus. And it's through him that you have access to the throne of God. It's only through Jesus as Lord do we have access to the throne where we can come boldly before a judge who is God Almighty, judge over heaven and earth. So here is the prayer that I commonly use to enter into the courts of heaven. It goes like this, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. We come before you in his name. And we are thank when we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is revealed to us through your word, the courts of heaven. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge you as the righteous judge over heaven and earth. We take our place in your courtroom today as children of the Most High and citizens of heaven. You see how that encompasses both of those scriptures and, and it encompasses all of what we're supposed to do to acknowledge our God. The next step is to come under the authority of Jesus. I don't know about you. I used to go into the courts without acknowledging Jesus as my, as my leader and my advocate and coming under his shelter. And boy, 
the enemy can really bring you some wonky stuff that way. So we must rely upon the Holy Spirit, our Lord as advocate, as we approach the judge. All the scriptures for uh, Jesus as advocate, Holy Spirit as counselor, and uh, an earthly advocate, as well as God as judge, are in the courts of heaven, uh, destroying curses in the courts of heaven book. It's free on Amazon. It's free to download on our website as a PDF. Um, and printed copies are available in certain countries, the continental US, Canada, South, uh, South Africa, soon Kenya and, and elsewhere. So the, the free book will show you all the scriptures for the things I'm glossing over today. See, that's something we delete out. Thank you for finding that. And <laughs> here we are continuing on with our message today. Okay, the next part, the next thing we pray is acknowledging Jesus and Holy Spirit. So I, I always say, Lord Jesus, thank you for being my heavenly advocate, my leader in my head. We submit to you here today, and we ask that we receive information from you and the Holy Spirit only. We trust that you will lead us through these proceedings. So when, we, when I pray this, I've seen in the, in the heavens what it looks like. There's this golden dome of the Lord's glory that surrounds our team and keeps the enemy from penetrating. And so we don't hear from the prosecuting um, side. We don't hear their manipulations. We just hear from our Lord. They always have to speak truth, but they can try and confuse you. So we don't hear from them. We only receive what our Lord wants us to. Because we've seen some pretty crazy things. I'll tell you what, you don't pray this part, you might see some wild stuff in the courts. Okay, Holy. Then, then I continue and I say, Holy Spirit, we honor and appreciate you as our counselor, our helper, our guide. Those are all descriptions of him in the Bible. I said, thank, we say thank you for entering or for escorting us today. We place our trust and our faith in you to reveal all that we need to know. I usually add, open our eyes and ears to see and hear. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here with us today. Once we have, this is taking our seats in the courts. This is how you come in. You take your rightful position in the courts of heaven. Now, we can respond to the charges against us by merely stating each word that is received um, that was received from the judge through the Holy Spirit. When we do this, when our petitioner stands before the judge, when they state the words, what is happening in the courts is everything they know about those words is being placed before the judge. A document is created from what they know inside, and that document is placed before the judge. So there's no, there's usually no need to say, well, this, this, and this words means this, this, and this, and I'm repenting for this, this, and no. The words are enough. In heaven, what's inside your heart is clearly seen by all those around. And so as you state the words, it just comes out of you that it's clearly seen and revealed. Now, as you're stating as uh, your words, as you're stating what you've done, what you've received wrong, the charges against you, all of these steps should be included in this process. You need to confess that you're guilty for all the charges. The blood can't help you unless you're guilty. So if you're not guilty of anything, you have no need of being there. 
So you have to confess before the judge and all of heaven, I am guilty of these charges. Then you state that you're repenting or turning from these sins. Next, you confess that your ancestors are also guilty if this applies, if this has been revealed to you. And the last thing is covering it with the blood of Jesus. After that, it's time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's see and see if there's anything else that's needed. If the Holy Spirit brings you something, make sure that you, you state it and confess that as well. Once the full confession is in, then it's time to back up your claim with the word of God. Our team often uses something like this. Now, there's three guides right now at Agape, um, Lydia, Sandra, and myself. Um, and we all do it in a slightly different way. This is like this. It's like when Jesus taught his disciples how to play, praise and pray like this, meaning in the, um, these are the necessary ingredient, ingredients, but you can put them into your own words. So if you've been in training at the Courts of Heaven Academy, you will have seen um, this prayer you know, done in slightly different ways because there's three of us. Okay, mighty judge over heaven and earth. I place the testimony of the blood of Jesus into records, into the records of this court today. This blood cries out from the ground for mercy. So we stand in agreement with the blood of Jesus today. And we ask for mercy for the sins declared before these courts. Now, remember that that scripture and it's in the book <laughs> and it's also on the website um, and in the classes. You'll find this in the prior classes to this one um, that it's the, the word says the blood of Jesus cries out for better things than the blood of Abel, that it cries out for mercy instead of vengeance. So we receive mercy when a blood, innocent blood is shed on the ground. It cries out to God in heaven and that cry is heard and God takes actions based on that cry. So that's what we're doing here today. We're reminding God of what, and it's coming into agreement with what's happening on earth. Then we continue and say, your word tells us when we confess and repent for our sins, you are faithful to forgive us. Thank you, mighty judge. The blood of Jesus blots out the confessed sins from all records under heaven and earth. According to your word, never to be held against me, them, whoever, you know, state the person, whoever is confessing again. And here's the verses um, that we sometimes quote. Hebrews 8.12 says, for I will be merciful and, to, and gracious towards their wickedness. I will remember their sins no more. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption, that is our deliverance and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sins and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. You see, we're appropriating grace. We're appropriating what the blood has done for those sins you just stated. Now, you, I don't always say these verses to be perfectly honest, <laughs> um, because I know them, because I know what the word of God says. I have that faith and I know that what I'm saying um, has a place that will receive results. Um, so until you are very sure, until you know that you know that you know, until that faith is there, state the word as well. 
Now your case has been presented before the courts of heaven. It's been fully prepared, your case, and it's time to act, ask for a verdict. Here's how we ask for a verdict. It's super simple. I ask you, mighty judge, to let any cases connected to these sins be dismissed and overruled for lack of evidence. See, it's been blotted out by the blood. So in the name of Jesus, we ask for this to be done. And we ask, mighty judge, for a verdict. Everybody is quiet and we listen. You make sure you hear the verdict. I often hear several. You see, because when there's more than one one uh, charge against you, you often get a verdict for every single charge. So I may, might hear overruled, dismissed, um, removed, blotted out. There's a whole different things that we get and we receive in the courts of heaven. Sometimes I actually um, will see either bonds being broken, chains just shattering, or I see somebody is still chained. Depending on what we see, depending on what the Holy Spirit reveals, we need to take action. This is why it's the agape elders that lead people to the courts, because they're listening and hearing from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is granting them wisdom about what to do next. You must be ready and be able to hear from your counselor, Holy Spirit, and respond to everything that is revealed. Sometimes more repentance or a confession is needed, or sometimes it's done. You And you hear the verdict. Once you hear that verdict and everything's taken care of, then you ask, then you proceed and you thank God for his justice. I thank you, mighty judge, that the cases are whatever you heard, dismissed, overruled, uh, chains broken, whatever you see, you repeat. And you, because you're taking authority now on the earth, you're speaking it into this earth, coming in, into agreement with what you're seeing being done in heaven. So then we ask where these cases have been overruled or dismissed. I ask that you bring justice. You alone know the true cost of what has happened. We place our faith in you to restore with damages all that has been taken or hindered by the enemy. Let any curses attached to these cases be broken and let the blessing of God come in greater measure. Don't ask for justice unless you get the cases dismissed. Remember and only ask for it for the cases that are dismissed. Don't ask him just for a blanket justice because remember it was justice that put you into Satan's hands. It was God being just because of your sin that he allowed the enemy to have charges against you and have a place. So make sure that you're only asking for justice for what has been overruled, what has been dismissed and overturned, or else things could get worse. Before you leave the courts, you should be listening to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes things come off in layers. Sometimes you aren't able to receive some sins until other ones are removed. Sometimes you're not able to confess it and mean it until generational curses are broken. Sometimes there's hindrances. So make sure you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you into what to ask for and what to declare. We only declare what we see happening in heaven. Then we declare it so God will move upon this earth.
and we should at this point act upon words or visions that are given. We have to come into agreement with it. And this is from Matthew 18, 18. It says, truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be on improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Now, you may have this verse in a slightly different way, but according to research, this is the proper tense of those verbs. This is the way it should be said. If it's a negative vision, then this means that there's something the petitioner still needs to take care of. This should be discussed and led by the Holy Spirit. When you're finally done to leave the courts, you should say something kind of like this. As we take our leave from your, from your courts, righteous judge, we ask where we thank you for all you've done for ourselves, the sister or brother in name. I always add, and this isn't in my notes, <laughs> I always add, uh, because I know this it applies to the courts of heaven, it's in the book, Destroying Curses. Father, I thank you, or mighty judge, I thank you that your manifold wisdom, that's a multifaceted wisdom, has been on display here today because we have been freed by your son. We've been able to come and receive what is against us and have those sins blotted out by his blood. We thank you for that manifold wisdom from heaven, that your glory is now seen through the church on this earth. Okay, so that's, I always add, add that at the end of mine usually, because I am, I know that this is the wisdom of God. This is, God knew when Jesus came to earth, what would happen. He knew and give us the rights to come before him in the court so we could use that blood to become free. That was his multifaceted wisdom. There's so much accomplished through that blood and that sacrifice. And that's part of it in the courts of heaven. Um, these are the basic steps for entering the courts of heaven and removing charges. After you have received charges and had an interpretation to fully understand what they mean. Now, you may be surprised, maybe not, depending on how long you've been with this ministry, that it isn't always necessary to enter the courts to receive victory or healing. The reason we go is to find out what's wrong when we don't know, when, we, when we've tried everything else and we can't figure it out that's when we go to, to the courts of heaven to understand where we've gone wrong. One of the very first people our team took to the courts of heaven was before the academy ever existed. She really only received minor breakthrough. It was breakthrough, but it was minor and things would come upon her again. Here's her testimony. I'm gonna read it out to you. She's here today and I'll have her say hi at the end. Okay, her testimony is posted on our Facebook page and it goes like this. For many years, I was experiencing my blood pressure spiking up and it lasted up to a week. I visited the doctor and would get medication and after, and after taking it for a week, it would subside. But I would still feel all the symptoms and it would spike up again. I tried to eat healthy 
90% of the time for my health's sake. And I took numerous supplements, but nothing seemed to work for long. When I started doing the Courts of Heaven Academy, some things started dropping off me as I began learning God's ways. Now, this is a testimony many people give. It's like it comes off on layers. You get free class by class and things just break off and you start seeing the world in a whole new way and becoming free. Let's continue with the testimony. A few weeks ago, my blood pressure spiked up again, and this time the medicine was not helping, and the side effects gave me a terrible headache. I had to apply what I learned in the academy. I humbly asked Holy Spirit to show me what is, the, what is against me in causing this high blood pressure so I can confess it, repent from it, and cover it with the blood of Jesus. A scene came up in my mind about my son when he was six months old. He's 18 now. His finger was caught in the door while walking in his baby walker. He held on to the door frame and a strong wind came and slammed the door shut. While trying to stop it, I saw the whole thing and was traumatized. A piece of his finger is still missing. My heart never felt the same for years. It felt like it was suspended by a thin thread. And if I'm not careful, it would fall into my stomach. I couldn't afford to be frightened or stressed. I stopped listening to the news and I stayed away from friends or family or anything um, that would do or say anything that would affect me emotionally. I confess that I gave in to fear because of the trauma and every negative word I spoke against myself and my son. I repented from speaking that way and asked the father to cover it with the blood of Jesus. No more self-pity. This had to go. I went to the throne of grace and asked the father for grace, mercy, and wisdom for the situation. That afternoon, I felt a warmth and an, an unusual special peace around me. And that same evening while sitting on the bed, I felt a hand pull um, and fix something inside my chest on the left side. So I touched my chest and right away the thought came to me, you are healed. I smiled and was excited. You should have seen the big smile on my face as I said, thank you, Lord. I slept like a baby that night. And when I took my blood pressure in the morning, it was 100 over 65. Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood and purchasing my healing. Thank you to the COH Academy and Lynn and her team who helped me understand how to correctly appropriate the blood of Jesus and getting results for the change. She says, I'm now watching. I'm now watching out. I, I am watching out now for anything that would affect my soul negatively and I deal with it right away. I'm also hearing from the Holy Spirit, and I have a wonderful testimony about receiving a chapter and a verse when I ask for it. That's in one of the academy classes where she learned that. And I'm beginning to understand what it means to be in this world, but not of it. When I read the word of God, my understanding is opened up and I'm seeing scriptures in a new light. 
bless you, Grace, for that wonderful testimony, for taking the time to write it up, for sharing it to encourage others. Are you here today, Grace? Would you like to unmute and let me know if I got it right and did it justice today? Oh, so I'm referring to her as Grace. Yes, this testimony is 100% correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Grace. For <laughs> Thank you I'm for still today and still feeling very good, healthier. <laughs> Even though you've had much trauma lately, right? Yes, yes, much lately I had the trauma and I, I deal with it as they as they come. You know, it's human, you feel that, but I deal with it as they come and no blood pressure, no um I after I pray, I normally, you know, it is gone like it, it doesn't exist. I feel normal. Absolutely. That is beautiful. Thank you, Doreen, for taking time to write this up, for sharing it with us to encourage everyone. You see, she had been to the courts of heaven, but she wasn't able to receive full breakthrough because she just didn't understand enough at that time. We have come so far from God that many really wonderful, sweet, good hearted Christians have not been taught his ways. They don't understand they really just don't know how to identify sin, where the dangers are. They don't know about strengthen, strengthening their spirit so that they can stop walking in sin. Remember Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. The courts of heaven academy are just a place, it's just a place to receive knowledge of God and his ways so that you can receive healing. The goal of the academy is to clear the way so that you can hear from the Holy Spirit like Grace did. So you can clearly hear and receive what is wrong and know when you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. It teaches you how to operate in the courts, yes, but it also teaches you how to hear from your counselor so he and the Lord can bring you healing and restoration. That is our our heart's desire for every Christian to make you fully independent. You know, there are crises that arise that maybe you can't reach out to anyone. We want to, you to know how to get help from the Lord and be able to receive it at any time with or without a connection to us. That is our goal. But now you know how to enter the courts of heaven, how to receive those charges, and how to remove them and receive victory. Grace didn't have to enter the courts. She knew Jesus was contending for. She just had to take care of the open door. Once it closed, the Lord brought healing. Praise God for the blood and all he's done. Let's pray before we end today. Heavenly Father, I just come before you. I am so grateful for each and every person who will hear this message and know that you are able. You are our good defender. You have done all that is necessary if we will learn your ways, if we are willing to turn from sin. You are our healer, our redeemer. We thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to hear, our hearts to receive your words for teaching us your ways. Holy Spirit, we thank you for speaking loudly to us in the coming days. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, amen.
that is our meeting today. We we'll hope you will join us in the future. Now we're gonna have um, for our meeting and then you can ask questions at the end as that's what we're doing now. We'll have a question and answer. So if anybody has any questions about entering the courts, they'll get to ask them. Um, and then we'll add them onto the end of the video if we think that they really need to be covered. <laughs> if they, so if you have a good question, don't be surprised if it gets added in. Hey, this is from Faith. If you receive charges not in the courts, outside the courts, how do you remove them without going to the courts or do you have to go to the court to remove the charges? That is an excellent question. Great question. Um, we often receive charges in the intercession in a very much, a much more gentle way. And just like with Grace, there were charges against her that were revealed to her by her counselor, the Holy Spirit, while she was not in the courts. All she had to do was confess, repent, and plead the blood after understanding why it was wrong and it was healed. So no, you definitely do not have to go into the courts. You can, if you want to, um, we had somebody we took into the courts uh, for that. And then the Holy Spirit reveals wonderful things. <laughs> so it can happen in the courts as well. And that's always dependent upon our Lord, what he wants us to do. He's our head advocate. We don't want to go into the courts unless he says come. Okay, who's next? So Susie's asking, can one unconfessed sin go with another sin that has been that has been confessed for ancestors before the general curse can be broken? That's exactly the way it works. Right, Lydia? If we have an unconfessed sin in our life, remember a curse without a cause cannot stand. And so once the blood of Jesus comes in, a lot of the curses ancestors can be broken with a simple prayer. However, if it has a place, if you there's a sin that you're still participating in that is linked to that curse, that curse will still linger. For instance, if you had an ancestor who accidentally killed somebody and so that or purposely killed them and it was a charge of murder. And in your life, you had a tendency just to be really super angry and had trouble getting rid of that anger. Well, remember, Jesus said that um, that being that angry with your brother can, is the same as murder. So there's there's different ways. It doesn't have to be the exact same sin. It can be somewhat connected to it, which is often what we play we find out in intercession or in the courts of heaven. And you won't be able to break that generational curse until your sin is removed. Okay, Lydia, is there another one? So from Elix, after receiving charges. Can you confess your own outside the courts? I think she means after receiving charges in the courts, can you repent outside the courts? You should definitely be confessing and repenting before you go back to the courts. If you've received them in the courts, it's always better to return to the courts unless Jesus has advised us you came too early. If, if Jesus says, hey, you know, you really even shouldn't be in the courts yet, then you can confess outside. You can ask for a stay of justice under his advisement only. And that's something that he's taught us. A stay of judgment means that no forward movement can be made against you because of these sins or these charges, that you have a time of grace um, to deal with them. So definitely confess, repent outside. But if you receive them in the courts, it's always better to tie up loose ends in the court, if at all possible. 
Uh, kindly elaborate, what's the difference, if any, between obtaining victory and healing through the courts of heaven and while receiving charges, repenting through the prayer closet or intercession? My thoughts are one is removed from the throne of grace after receiving victory and healing in the courts while doing intercession, one remains sheltered under the throne of grace. That is exactly right, except for if you're being um, led into the courts with a guy. So if you go in with somebody else, um, like one of our team members, what you're saying is, I'm not yet quite ready to represent myself, but I still would like a little heads up about what's wrong. And so that's why you go to the courts of heaven with a guide, because you remain at the throne of grace. However, you're exactly right. If you go into the courts by yourself, instead of your prayer closet, that's when you come out of the throne of grace. Because you're a full-grown adult, you're, you're expected to run to the throne for mercy. You can still go to the throne of grace, you just have to run there each and every time. And you are expected to understand why, why it's coming against you. Okay, who's next, Lydia? So someone's asking, what do you mean by intercession? Ah, wow. Okay, I hadn't realized we probably need to explain that. Well, that's um, the it, appointment. That's what you mean. Well, yeah. So intercession simply means someone else is going to be interceding or receiving from the Holy Spirit and from our Lord on your behalf. Intercession is just when someone else prays for you and um, helps you. Right, Lydia? Is that right? Is that a good definition? You're the true intercessor. That's yeah, well, a guide, a guide can intercede for you in the courts, but it, but if you haven't finished the academy, we recommend intercession because the Lord told us we should ask anyway. Sometimes he'll say, don't go into the courts, but we will still intercede on your behalf. And that way you're still at the throne of grace. And we're receiving outside of the courts. We're not yeah. actually entering into the courts where the enemy sees us going. See, the enemy is aware. When you go into the courts, the enemy is there and he sees, oh, they've received these charges there. And he's very aware that you are accessing the courts. And that is like a red flag. <laughs> it's like waving a, a red tarp at a bull because, or wet red coat at a bull because he's like, oh, my gosh, they'll know how to come and get free. Let's attack. And so often by entering the courts, you're coming up into a level in God's kingdom and the enemy knows it and he kind of upgrades his attacks or his on you. That's why intercession is often better. Okay, next. Can we decree and declare God's promises in our lives after a court visit and a verdict is received? Um, we are going to actually cover declaring and decreeing um, in two weeks. Next week, God has already given me a special message about why you may not be hearing from the Holy Spirit. One big, giant reason why you may not be able to hear or receive from the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that next week. And then the following week, we're going to be talking. I've already got it on my schedule to talk about declaring and decreeing. You should only be declaring and decreeing what is revealed in the courts, though. So if the Lord reveals healing, you are healed of whatever. Mm -hmm. Should and it's you not go so around declaring it? 
it's not so much declaring it as thanking God for it, you know, yeah. oh, thank you, God. I know that those sins were taken care of. I thank you that I'm healed. And because, you can turn it into a testimony. Yes, exactly. Okay, who's next, Lydia? Okay, Trina says, I'm not ready to go into the courts. I'm still learning. How do I find out what my words received? One word was heartthrob. I don't know what it means. Was that at an appointment, Trina? I guess yeah, so heartthrob. So that would be, you can't take it out of context. You have to put it in with everything else you received in order to understand it. And that's where interpretation uh, takes place. So if you can remember the date in which you received it and the manner in which you received it, message us at COH visit and um, ask, ask for a little help. Mm -hmm. okay. Next question. Does God shelter us against charges for sins we're not aware of? Yes, it, the Bible is clear that um, that he who knows is beaten with many lashes and he that doesn't is beaten with few. So, so if we don't know about a sin, often we're sheltered in part, depending if it's a generational curse, if we're, you know, if the Holy Spirit's been trying to speak to us about it and we're ignoring it, there's a whole lot of factors going in there. But often, um, that's the reason why when we go into the courts, we always want to ask specifically for what's connected to an issue, if at all possible, or else you could, there's a whole lot of sins, you know, we got to figure out which ones we're dealing with and why. So often sins are not being used by the enemy, but when you go to the courts of heaven, then the enemy starts researching your life and he'll look back through the history of your book and try and come up with sins he can attack you with or attack you because of. That's the reason why it's important if you're going to the courts of heaven to continue learning, to continue removing sin from your life and finding out what is sin. It's, remember, we go from glory to glory. As long as we're willing to, to be in a continual learning and growing process with the Lord, he shelters us and he keeps us, he defends us, he protects us. But the moment we stop and we, we're like, yep, I'm good, you know, oh, everything, you know, my life is great. I don't need to remove any more sin. I don't need to learn anything else then we're coming out from underneath that sheltering. Okay, we let's keep going because I see we got tons, tons of messages. Yeah, <clears throat> Susie's just replying. I understand what you said, but I'm wondering if two different sins can be connected to the same generational curse. Yes. Like part A and part two, but totally yeah. different. Could be. Could be. We've often had one uh, um, a generational curse man manifest in two different separate ways. Lynn, I think it's worth saying that if you just suddenly come under attack when you're doing the academy, go back to the class you just did. You may oh, have missed something. So in and then also intercession appointments are for people who are under an attack and cannot continue in the academy. If you're under an attack and your mind is being assaulted, um, and, and you can't move forward, that's when you come in for intercession. Um, it's not just because I feel like I want to, uh, or because you've completed the academy and something's blocking you. There's still something now that you need to be free from. So if you come under an attack and you're in the academy, look at the last class or two classes. Whenever you started coming under an attack, ask the Holy Spirit, 
Did I not apply this? Is did I miss something? Did I not apply it to my life? Nine times out of 10, that's where it's coming from, is you have come into wisdom and knowledge of God. You didn't apply it, so the enemy attacked. Now you, that little part was removed from grace, and the enemy can attack you for that. Okay, that is the end of our meeting today. <laughs> um, we hope to see you next week. Next week, it's um, going to be the Feast of Trumpets. God has sent a special message about what is happening in the body of Christ, um, things that will keep us from hearing from the Holy Spirit. If you don't hear as much from the Holy Spirit as you want, come to this meeting. Um, find out the deep things of God, and we will pray that it'll be quickly relieved. Until then, may God bless you and keep you all. Shalom.